Hi, welcome to the Mastermind Project podcast. My name is Brian McRae. I'm the founder of the Mastermind Project. And this podcast is intended to help you grow as a leader, to grow in productivity, and also to grow in relationships. Those are the three topics that we will always talk about here at the Mastermind Project. Chances are you're a small business owner or maybe a commissioned sales professional and you're looking to grow. And we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So once a month, we host an event designed to help givers grow. And so that's what we're here for. And this podcast is taken from a general session of a portion of our live event, uh, which we've now gone to virtual uh, as of 2020. So if you're comfortable, please join us. Feel free to join us. And you can go to www.brianckmcrae.com. And you can register for our next event, which is the third Thursday of the month. So sit back and enjoy the shared learning experience here of the Mastermind Project. John Rowland is the world's leading authority in maximizing customer loyalty through radical generosity. He's the founder and author of Giftology. He's been featured in Fox News, Forbes, Fast Company Inc., and New York Times, while becoming the number one performer out of 1.5 million sales reps for one of the most, most, world's most recognizable brands. John developed a system for using generosity to gain access to elite clients and generate thousands of referrals. He and his firm now will help automate this process for individuals and organizations like UBS, Raymond James, DR Horton, Keller Williams, the Chicago Cubs, Caesars Palace, what, 20, 30 other professional sports teams. And uh, John and the Giftology team can help any individual turn their clients into their own personal sales force and drive exponential growth. How, you, how many of you guys would like to have your clients be your sales force? Yeah. All right. Well, it's here. Long time coming, man. Take us away, Johnny. Thanks, brother. You're welcome. Morning. This is. Uh, this is a, a huge honor, Nick. Thanks for the uh, the very kind words, Brian. Thanks for uh, for staying on me to make sure that this happened. Uh, I feel like I'm amongst family. I, mean, I look out and I see Ben, who I was on his podcast and doing great things with StoryBrand. I see Jay, uh, Tom Hills around here somewhere, uh, who's a mentor and and uh, great friend. You got Greg Atchkinson from uh, from C12. So I feel like I'm amongst my my team, my peers, my my family. Um, before I dive in, it, what's funny is I think Chris and uh, Gebs uh, videotaped me at, at one of my first St. Louis events, probably four or five years ago, and it was an audience about this size, and it was about 150 CFOs all of, around St. Louis that came in, and the gal who's the executive director like, gave me like this 10-minute long introduction of like gifting and gratitude and the Cubs and whatever else, and she brings me up and she's like, bring your hands together for the John Rulin in this game-changing gift strategy. And I walk up, and it was like almost like in unison, like every arm got crossed in the audience. <laughs> and like the oxygen got sucked out of the room. And you could tell like all these CFOs are looking around like, seriously, dude, you're gonna talk about gifting and generosity for the next 60 minutes? Are you insane? Like, we cut gifting budgets first. Like, like you're gonna talk about that for 60 minutes? And, uh, and so oftentimes when we speak, there's this air of like, man, did John get lucky and maybe got born into the right family? Like, 
you know, he was a member of the right country club, like his daddy was like in the pro sports realm, like is that how he landed things? And so the exact opposite is true. I'm going to go and dive in and give you guys a little bit of a picture of, of where things came from because I think it'll help you understand how to apply it to your business. So I'm not a, I'm not a native St. Louisan. Um, I grew up in Ohio, uh, one of six kids. Any, uh, you got a Buckeye? Any other Buckeyes in the audience? Wasn't expecting that. OH? Uh, uh, okay, there we go. Um, sorry, dude. Um, I grew up one of six kids on 47 acres. I got to do one of the more sexy things on the planet every day before I went to school. I, I got to milk goats. I was, I was that, that kid that showed up at school. Mike's getting a little bit of reverb there. Um, I showed up at school with like crap on my boots. I was the kid that smelled like walking into like middle school, not exactly the coolest guy uh, in middle school. And I learned very early on what I didn't want to do for the rest of my life. I, we had a one acre garden. We baled hay throughout the summer. Like I just hated blue collar work. I was like, I want to get out of Dodge. So for the time I was a kindergartner all the way through 12th grade, I got zero Bs. It was all A's. And I decided I was going to go make mom proud and I was going to go be a doctor. And so I'm pre-med, I'm in school, and I'm looking for a way to pay for med school without having any debt. And there's not a whole lot of opportunities, and so I end up stumbling upon one of my buddies who was a seminary major, decided to start selling these crazy knives. Obviously, show hands if you're familiar with Cutco. Yep. Yeah. So I had no idea what Cutco was at the time, but I was like, if Steve Wiggers, the antithesis of a salesperson, like he couldn't sell water to somebody in the middle of the desert, can sell knives, I can at least try. So I literally went in with, with my glasses on and my, my one tie I had, my one suit, because I was nervous. I was like that green. And I wasn't sure if I was going to get hired or not. And so I go in, I'm pouring with sweat. I know the manager and I get hired. And uh, did 40 appointments in my first 10 days. My life changed because of the fourth appointment. I go into my girlfriend's dad to pitch him knives, which is just a really weird, awkward conversation <laughs> to begin with. And uh, Paul was the kind of guy, he was an attorney, but he was a rainmaker when it came to referrals and deal flow and all these kind of things. Like he was the guy that, that, uh, that magically bought the land that became the Walmart three years later. He invested in the bank that then like expanded and oil wells, like every deal seemed to come his way. And when you're, like he was radically generous. Like I, no I started to notice things. I I'm like, I saw Paul like find a deal on noodles and he bought a semi load of noodles. And everybody at church the next Sunday walked out with like 200 cases of noodles. And I'm 20 at the time, and I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, Paul, are you insane? Like, that was like 30 grand. And he's like, I know, but did you see their smiles? I'm like, even the most evil person on the planet would smile if they got a year's supply of noodles. I'm like, Paul, that's just nuts. And he's like, I know, but that's just who I am. And so I work up the courage to pitch him knives. My fourth appointment with Cutco. And uh, he buys a set for himself and his three unmarried daughters. And, uh, and he comes back to me and says, John, I love the product. I want to help you hit your goals, but I don't know what else I can buy. So my wheels are spinning. I come back to him a week later, and I'm like, Paul, you're always giving things away. All of your clients are CEOs and sales, VPs of sales and whatever else, of financial advisor firms and lumber yards and you name it. I said, uh, would you think about giving away Cutco pocket knives? And he was about 60 at the time, salt and pepper hair. He didn't make me feel uncomfortable, even though I was pitching knives the second time in two weeks. And he leaned back, he said, John, I don't want to order pocket knives, could I order paring knives? And I'm, I, I'm sure I had like this deer in a headlights look like, you want to give a bunch of grown men, CEOs of million dollar and billion dollar companies, a kitchen tool? I'm like, Paul, I'm desperate, I'll sell you as many paring knives as you want, but why? And he said, John, in 40 years in business, 
The reason I have more referrals, deal flow, access, all of these things is I found out one simple truth. And that's if you take care of the family in business, everything else seems to take care of itself. So as a 20-year-old, this is like mind-blowing to me. I was like, oh my gosh, Paul understands relationships at this super deep level. It wasn't about the knife. To this day, we had the New York Times reach out to us about six months ago, and I would have cut off my left arm 10 years ago to, to even get access to the New York Times, and they were calling me, pitching me on why I should comment on a story. And they're like, John, what's the hot new sexy gift? What are you selling the most of when clients are buying gifts from you? And I laughed, and I said, uh, the stupid knives. And they said, oh, that's funny. What? No, seriously, I know we did that 19 years ago, but like, what's the hot new gift that everybody's buying? When you sell to pro sports teams and real estate companies and financial advisor firms, what are they buying? And I said, the stupid knives. And they're like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. I, we still sell millions of dollars of those stupid knives. And here's why. Paul understood the dynamics of building a relationship with the spouse and the family and understood the reciprocity factor of not doing gifts and then asking for referrals. Like, he was modeling it. So I'm like, I want his life when I'm 60. And so I'm 20 years old. I start modeling it. Instead of buying beer in college, I was investing $300 in carving sets, and I'd find a $200 million company, insurance company I'd want to get a meeting with. And I'd engrave the CEO's name, wife's name, family name, and I put a little note inside that said, carve out five minutes for me. I promise it'll be worth your time. I package it up in my dorm room, ship it off. Two weeks later, his assistant calls and says, Mr. Smith would like to meet with you. He's really impressed. 3 p.m. next Tuesday. I'm like, crap, I got, I got class. Um, uh, sure. So I skip class, go into the, the boardroom, one, one suit I have on or that I own. I walk in, and Mr. Smith walks in. He's 65. I walk in at 21, and he's like, his jaw hits the ground. He's like, are you John Rulin? I'm like, yes, sir. The John Rulin that sent me the knives. Like, yes, sir. It's like, man, I thought you'd be like this seasoned sales executive like in their 50s. He's like, I'm really confused. Are you here to sell me knives? And I nervously laughed. I'm like, no, sir. I'm here to help you and your 1,000 sales reps do exactly what I did to you, to your top 10,000 relationships, to drive access, to 10 extra referrals, to drive loyalty. His jaw hit the ground again. He's like, you're really good. I smile, I'm like, thank you. I walked out of that meeting an hour later with a PO for 1,000 knife sets. When I turned it into Cutco, they red flagged it for fraud. <laughs> Ask Nick. They're like, John, what are you doing with these knives? Did you steal a credit card? Are you selling them on eBay? Are you, are you flipping them over in Europe? Like, like, there's, like, there's not even enough room to put 1,000 on the order form. Like, what are you really doing with these knives? I'm like, you don't understand. We're, we're teaching companies how to use gratitude and gifting as a way to drive to 10x their profits, how to get access to these deals, and how to, how to turn the, their, their clients into sales reps. And they're like, huh? What are you talking about? I'm like, I'm using the knives as a delivery vehicle to, to create this profit and change in a company. And they're like, come on, seriously, tell, like, what are you really doing with the knives? And so they would call the customers and find out if they were really buying the knives or if I had stolen their credit card. No lie. And so over the next couple years, I started to convert Cutco, and, and they started to believe in this. And I started to go out and teach other companies. So I started to realize nobody was teaching people. Like, there's swag and promo companies, and there's gift card companies, but there was nobody who was really teaching people this system. And so by the time I was a senior in college, out of 1.5 million reps, I was Cutco's number one distributor as this farm kid, you know, goat milking kid, um, out of 1.5 million people in, in 70 years. 
And what I'm going to talk about today isn't based in academia and this like lofty, like, oh, in a perfect situation, this is how it works. I'm going to walk you through what we've been developing over the last 19 years. The exact marketing system that we use when the Cubs call us. It wasn't the Milwaukee Bucks, it was the Minnesota Timberwolves, by the way, Nick. When, when the top companies on the planet, all the way down to solopreneurs, reach out to us to outsource their gifting to us, I'm going to give you the entire system. So if you wanted to, you could go execute it on your own. There's five parts to the system, and they are all tied into what I learned from this small country attorney 19 years ago. In the first part of the system, super simple, but not very easy to execute. By the way, that's me on the farm. That's legit. And you have the whole denim on denim before that was cool. Glasses. First part of the system. I got water up there. Where's mine here? Personalization. Personalization. About 13 years ago, I had the opportunity to go out to dinner with some people that uh, I met at a prison ministry down in Texas. And one of the guys was like one of the top, most connected people in the world. And he introduces me to another guy in Cleveland. And I come to find out he owned controlling interest of 40 companies. And uh, he said, John, I'd love to go out to dinner with you. We got to dinner. He's like, you really should join this group called EO. And I'm like, are you in it? And he said, yeah. I said, I'm in. So I give him my Amex number. And, I, and a month later, I get a bill for $10,000. And I was like, holy crap, it costs a lot of money to hang out with CEOs that own 40 companies. Uh, it's the biggest number I'd ever seen on the Amex bill. And uh, go out to Vegas to the, their national event. It was like their 25th anniversary. 1,200 CEOs from around the world were going to be there. And it was like where Steve Wynn is speaking to us privately. And one of the guys wanted to bring Kiss in, and they didn't have the budget for it. So he just cut a check for a quarter million dollars to bring Kiss in to, to perform for us in Vegas. And I almost left the event because I was like, I've, I'm way out of my league here. I don't deserve to be here. Like, like this is like way beyond me. But then I remembered the $10,000 investment. And I was like, John, you better suck it up and get $10,000 of value from this event. And so I go to one of the breakouts. And this guy's speaking. And he's talking about how he grew a company from $2 million to $120 million with no debt in five years. And it's a guy by the name of Cameron Harold. Anybody familiar with the na uh, name Cameron Harold? His book, Double Double, is worth buying immediately. Everything that came out of his mouth was gold. And I decided in that moment, I don't want Cameron as a client, just as a client. I want him to be a mentor and an advisor. I want him to be in my corner. And I know I can't afford his $20,000 a month coaching. So I, gotta, I wanna get access to this guy. So I wait in line uh, for like an hour to get to him. I'm like, Cameron, I hear you're coming to Cleveland to speak. What are you doing the night before? And, uh, and he said, um, I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm, I might, I'm not really sure right now. I said, so you're available? He's like, yeah, I, I guess so. I said, hey, I got lower level seats to LeBron. Let's go out to a steak dinner. It's opening night for the Cavs. What do you think? And I'm thinking he's going to like high five me and give me a hug. And he looks at his calendar, looks up at me, says, John, I don't have anything else going on. I guess I'll go. And it was like somebody punched me in the gut. I thought I was giving him this amazing gift. And then in my head, I'm like, duh, John. Like, like a lot of our clients in business, they go to dinners at Morton's and Ruth Chris 100 times a year. They go to ball games all the time, Blues games, whatever else, Cardinals games. They're doing that thing all the time, and Cameron even more so. So I'm like, that's not the way I'm going to deepen the relationship. I've got to think of something else. And uh, I said, Cameron, what else are you going to do tomorrow night, or um, in three months, that night before? And he said, I'll probably go shopping. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe this is my angle. I said, where are you going to shop at? And he said, uh, I love Brooks Brothers. I'm from Canada. There's not a ton of Brooks Brothers up there, so I'm probably going to go shopping. And on the spot, I'm like, I'm a Jose Bank guy. What's your shirt size? I want to send you a shirt. And he looks at me a little bit, like, bewildered, like, does this dude have a man crush on me? Like, 
like, what the heck is he asking me like, about clothes like within two minutes of meeting? But Cameron's from, from Canada, and he was really polite, and he actually told me what a shirt size was. So I'm like, great, I'll send you a shirt. In three months, we'll go to this dinner and a ball game. And I leave, and I call my business partner. I'm like, Rod, we have this, I got this idea. This guy could change our business forever. He could be a mentor, an advisor. You know, maybe you've had that where you're like, man, if I could just land this pillar of the community, my life, my business would change forever. That's what I was feeling. And uh, Rod is on the other line. He just bought 50% of the company, Giftology. And uh, he said, John, that is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Are you insane? That's like six months worth of gifts into one gift. No way. I'm like, yeah, Rod, you're right. So I hang up and uh, go about the, the event. The event was amazing. Three months go by. The morning of, Cameron's supposed to be flying in. And he's texting me, John, my flight's delayed. I think I'm going to miss my connection. Do you just want to cancel? I'm like, son of a gun. He's trying to weasel out of this dinner and a ball game. He could give two rips about this thing. And uh, I'm like, Cameron, whenever you get in, even if it's late, we'll just go out. We'll have a drink or dinner. And he's like, okay, fine. So I call Rod back. I'm like, Rod, God, not kind of time to go shopping. What do you, I, we have to do this thing. It could change our business forever. And he said, John, do you believe in it enough that if it doesn't work, it comes out of your personal draw? I said, uh, yeah, I believe in it enough. He's like, okay, I think it's a stupid idea, but go for it. Okay, that's not the pep talk I was going for, but okay. <laughs> so before he can change his mind, I hang up, jump in the Suburban, drive an hour up to Cleveland, go into Brooks Brothers, put down the Amex, put down the guy's sizes, and I said, I want one of everything in your new fall collection, all your jackets, pants, suits, belts, shoes, everything. And the junior sales associate smiles. <laughs> He's like, you're joking, right? I'm like, with a deadpan face, I wish I was. I want it all. It's okay. They go, they ring it up. They go to swipe the Amex. I'm praying to God that it goes through because it was over $7,000. So I'm like, I'm pouring with sweat. I go in the suburban. Clothes are everywhere. I go into the Ritz. I ask for the GM. I'm like, one of the top business coaches in the entire world is coming to the town. Do you want to do something amazing? And they said, sure. What are you thinking? I want to outfit his room to look like a Brooks Brothers store. I want jackets here, pants, suits, belts. They look at me a little bit kind of crazily. They said, we've never done that before, but sure. So that's what they did. They merchandised everything. I go down into the lobby bar, and uh, I'm not a big drinker, but I was drinking like a triple on the rocks. <laughs> and uh, by myself, an hour later, Rod gets in. My business partner comes in, and he's chiming in my ear. He's going to think you're a stalker. This is the worst idea on the planet. This is going to blow up in our face. Are you insane? I can't believe you actually did it. And I'm so I'm just wrecked. Cameron gets in, and uh, it's one of those travel days from Hades. Like, he has no desire to go to dinner and a ball game. He just wants to go to bed. Take a shower and go to bed. I'm like, Cameron, go take a shower. Come down whenever you're ready. We're not in a rush. He goes on the elevator. He comes back down 20 minutes later, and he's, like, floating and glowing. He said, John, I travel internationally. I coach the Sheikh of Qatar and their 300 companies. I thought you know, the Brits or the Four Seasons was amazing because they remembered my name and had a bottle of water waiting for me when I went out for a jog. He said, nobody's ever treated me this way. Whatever you want to talk about for as long as you want to talk about it, I'm all ears. And so that night, we talked about all kinds of different things. And I continued over the next three years. Every quarter, I would send him a different gift. I would build him a $5,000 knife set for him and his wife. And I sent leather goods and whatever else. I continued the process. And what's interesting is a lot of times we spoke at Google twice in the last five years, and the reps at Google were like, John, like, we can't spend $7,000 on every single client or every single employee. And I'm like, first off, you guys got slides in your lobby, so I don't know where, you're like, I'm pretty sure you can afford a lot, a, a lot of gifts. 
But let's just pretend that you're a solopreneur and you can't afford it, or legally you're not allowed to do it. Like, you're missing the point. Because Cameron came back to me and says, John, the way you made me feel, the personalization, the shopping, the everything, that was the gift. I can't let you buy the clothes on top of that. So one of two things are going to happen. I picked out the clothes I wanted. I'm either going to cut you a check for what those clothes were, or I'm going to guess and I'm going to round up by 50% and I'm going to send you a check for that. That entire experience cost me zero dollars. And the reason that we are now booking at $30,000 for keynotes isn't because I'm the best keynote speaker on the planet, although I think we've gotten to be pretty good. We're the only person in our category. It's because Cameron went out and started recommending. When he was double booked, he would recommend me and say, you've got to book John Ruin. They're like, who the heck is John Ruin? Trust me, book him. And they would book me at 15 grand, at 20 grand, at 25 grand. Before I deserved to even be on the stage or in the door, he was advocating. He did things for me that a million dollars in advertising could never do. And so if you're thinking, I could never do the $7,000, or I could never, you're missing the point. It cost me zero dollars and has reaped me seven figures by going all in and on personalizing something to that person. And to this day, people are like, oh, I can never do that. I'm like, oh, that's fine. You don't have to do $7,000 for every single person. But the one thing, like our budget started out at $500 a month for gifts. It's now up to $500,000 for the year. But over 19 years, it's grown to be that amount. I will not send out a single gift myself, or if somebody hires us to do all their gifting for them, I will not send it out unless it has one thing on it. And that one thing is personalized with their name. And in 2019, it's so easy. Well, let's just automate. Let's just order 100 of them with the same way, or let's just order 10,000 of them with a logo on it, or whatever. And people are like, does the name really matter? Who cares? Can't we just order it this way? And I'm like, if you're not willing to put somebody's name on it, redirect the dollars elsewhere. When companies hire us, we're redirecting their marketing dollars, and if they have a gifting budget and they want to, they, they want to send it out without a name on it, you can ask Tom or any of our clients, I won't send out a gift unless it's personalized with somebody's name. It's that important. And then we get pushback. People are like, ah, who cares? And I'm like, well, let me, let me tell you a story. Stephen Ross, owner of the Miami Dolphins, was our first NFL client. He's worth like $9 billion. He owns Gary Vaynerchuk's company now. Like, big dude. He gave a quarter of a billion dollars away to the University of Michigan, which as a Buckeye, like, royally pisses me off. Like, <laughs> to no end. Because they're going to have, like, money coming out their ears for, for generations. And I'm like, he doesn't even live in Michigan. He lives most of his time in Miami and New York. Why would Stephen Ross give a quarter of a billion dollars away to the University of Michigan? Does he love education that much? Deep down, there's a, there's a root to that. What's going to be on the side of the building, of like 50 buildings for the next 100 years? His name. If his name is important enough to give a quarter of a billion dollars away, how much more important is it when you're giving a gift to the receptionist, or you're giving a gift to your employee, or you're giving a gift to your client that's making $100,000 a year? Our name. I mean, it goes back to Bible times. Like, the name of a human being is so critical. How to win friends and influence people. What do you do? You remember somebody's name. And yet, when people do gifting, or what I call artifacts, they ruin it by not personalizing it with that one detail. The personalization can completely change how somebody perceives what you're doing for them. It's that important. Second part of the system. Inner circle. Inner circle. 14 years ago, uh, almost 14 years ago, I get a, this random phone call from an unlisted number. And I did a line, it's uh, a gal. She's like, hi, my name's Cheyenne. I, I work for the Orlando Magic. I, uh, Alex Martins, the CEO, asked me to call you. 
and uh, I want to. Um, I was wondering, can we order like 250 knife sets to give out around the NBA? And uh, I almost laughed because I'm like, one of my buddies knows that like my dream, my dream of all dreams is to, to work with an NBA team. I love basketball like more than anything. I still play twice a week. It's like my thing. And so I'm like, I'm getting punked right now. Like the Orlando Magic don't just randomly call somebody and order 250 knife sets. And so I'm like, with the 1% chance that this is real, I'm going to play along. So I'm like, sure, Cheyenne, how many, you know, where do you, where do you want, or um, how do you want those engraved? Um, okay, what's your credit card number? So I take everything down, hang up. And uh, I'm like, I got to find out if this is for real or not. Like, there's just no way this happened. And so I called the main number to the Orlando Magic. And I'm like, hey, is, uh, is there a Cheyenne there that I can talk to? And they said, uh, sure, we'll put you right through. I'm like, oh, crap. Uh, Cheyenne jumps on, hey John, can I help you? What do you need? And I said, uh, um, I, uh, um, I was wondering, do you want those shipped to, uh, to your practice facility or to the main Amway Arena? And she said, main Am Amway Arena is fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Hang up, I'm like, holy crap, like this is a real deal. So I'm like, out of my mind. And, and like a lot of you, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta build this relationship with Alex, the CEO. He's the person cutting the checks. So I start sending gifts every quarter to Alex. I've never met him before, but I'm sending him knives, I'm sending him leather goods, I'm sending him $700 wine tools, you name it, I'm sending it to him. Unlike almost anybody on the planet, I sent the same gift to Cheyenne. I send a gift to, to Alex, I send one to Cheyenne. I'm not asking for referrals, I'm not asking for anything. This went on for three years. Gift, 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 back and forth. Three years go by, and I find out I'm going to be speaking in Orlando at this event. And uh, I'm like, man, I've never met Alex before. It'd be great to get some FaceTime and build this relationship. So I call Cheyenne. I said, hey, Cheyenne, I, I was hoping I could get five minutes with, with Alex. What do you think? And without hesitation, she's like, absolutely, no matter what's going on, I'll get you five minutes. I'm like, yes. Hang up. Hour later, Cheyenne calls me back. He says, John, what are you doing the entire afternoon? In my head, I'm thinking, i got five important meetings. Like, but this is Alex Martins. See you over the Orlando Magic. I'm like, uh, nothing I can't cancel. <laughs> She's like, okay, clear your calendar. Uh, uh, I'll see you then. I said, okay, awesome. So I hang up. I'm like, oh, God. You know, I'm high-fiving myself. I'm like, we're going to have this bro session, this brainstorming session. We're going to take over the NBA. I'm like thinking through like all the different things we're going to talk about, Alex and I. Like, you know, my mind's dreaming all over the place. And so, you know, a couple months go by, fly into Orlando, go in to meet uh, Alex, go into the main lobby. Go upstairs, shine, she gives me a big hug. 15 minutes later, Alex walks in, shakes my hand, she's like, man, we really love the gifts that you're doing. Everybody gives signed basketballs and jerseys and the same stupid stuff in the NBA. We're sending these knife sets and people are flipping out, their spouses are flipping out. We love what you're doing. Um, he shakes my hand and literally less than five minutes later, he walks out the door. And I pasted on my face this fake smile. But internally, I'm pissed because I'm like, I canceled like an entire day of meetings to have this bro session with Alex, and he's gone in five minutes. And I'm like, what the heck? And Cheyenne gets a smirk on her face. She can tell, like I'm, uh, like I'm stewing, the wheels are spinning. She said, John, follow me. She walks me down the hallway and walks me into a, this boardroom. And I don't, anybody work with pro sports teams right now? Show of hands, anybody? Um, so, so the typical team you know, is used to, like Pepsi pays $500 million to sponsor, just to be associated with the NBA or the NFL. Like, Teams are used to being catered to and things given to them for free or people paid just to even do business with them. It's like the official copier, you know, Toshiba pays millions if not billions of dollars to be associated with the Blues or the NFL. 
So there's usually a kiss the ring kind of mentality. You walk into a pro sports team, they're like, what, do you, what can you do for us? And uh, how much money can you lose doing it? And so, and we've always said, we're gonna sell at the same profitability to a pro sports team. We're not buying the business. We bring something unique enough with our outsourced gifting agency that they can't get anywhere else. They're gonna pay full price. That's always been our mentality. I'm not gonna buy the business. But there's oftentimes this air of like ego. I walk in, there's six people around this table and they all stand up, I don't know any of them, and they walk over and one by one they give me a hug. One, I'm like, who are these people? I'm looking around for the camera. I'm like, I'm getting punked again, like this is just weird. We sit down, Shine's there, six people, and the first gal pipes up. She's like, I'm in charge of sponsorship. The other girl's like, I'm in charge of ticketing, I'm in charge of sweet sales. You know, basically every division in the company, in the organization. And uh, the one gal says, John, for the last three years, Cheyenne has not shut up about John Ruin and how thoughtful and giftology and how impactful the gifts are. She's like, um, we already know we're gonna buy from you. If you're good enough for Alex, you're good enough for us. Can you just show us what you have to offer so we can pick it out and buy it? <laughs> and I laugh. I was like, seriously? She's like, yeah, we know. Just show us what you got. And for the next three hours, we talked through suites and sponsorships and all these different things. And I'm on cloud nine. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, um, but as I walked out, I don't know if you've ever had this, where you have a meeting or a phone call that seems too good to be true. And the person who's a done deal for six or seven or eight figures is all of a sudden like ghosts you or you know, they get fired or something goes wrong where the deal falls apart and you're like, your dream client just fit, you know, becomes sand. And so I'm like, this is gonna go nowhere. They're gonna stop you know, calling me. They're gonna get fired. Like something's gonna go on. But sure enough, three weeks later, they email me and say, John, we want to talk about this special project. We have a thousand people we want to buy a gift for that have been with us for 25 years for the entire time that the magic had been in existence. And we start talking through, and by December of that year, we had locked up the deal, and they paid us in January. And it was the first six-figure deal that we've ever had with a pro sports team. And the profitability to this day still rank in the top 20 deals that we've ever done in 19 years. And so my question for you is imagine if I followed your playbook or most companies' playbook and I only sent gifts and built a relationship with Alex, would I have landed that deal? 1% chance. And Paul was like notorious for this. He treated the janitor, the assistant, the gatekeeper, the receptionist at the same level that he treated the CEO. I saw that. Like he brought a level of humility and respect to every relationship that he had. And so if you ask me, John, hey, what do you do with your $500,000 gift budget? Are you taking care of the, these executive directors and CEOs? I'm like, oftentimes, 80% of our budget is going at what I call the inner circle. It's targeted at their spouse, it's targeted at their assistant, their pets, and their kids. They're like, John, that's weird. You send knives and you include somebody's wife, or you send the same gift to the assistant as you do the CEO, I'm like, absolutely, and here's why. When I travel, you know, I was just in Chicago, like hanging out with the Cubs and the Bears and all these other people, like I get to fly first class or I get to stay at the Four Seasons, I get treated like a king. And so do your best clients. When they travel, they're staying at nice places, nice dinners, nice food. Who gets the worst side of being in business? Oftentimes the spouse. Like when I traveled, I remember speaking in San Diego, I was at this event, and I, you know, Magic Johnson spoke before me, and it's in San Diego in the middle of January, you know, and you know, $300 bottles of wine and all this kind of stuff. And I call back home, and as soon as I landed, all three of my girls had gotten the flu. 
And my wife is texting me pictures like it's coming out of both ends. You can just imagine. It's like it is not a pretty sight. And I'm trying to be like, yeah, this San Diego, it's really sucky right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, the food. Yeah, yeah, speakers are bad. Like I'm trying to downplay because my wife is living through Hades, and I'm like being treated like a king. And almost all of your clients that are executives are the same way. Your employees oftentimes are the same way. They're traveling, and their spouse is at home getting like the worst end of this business deal. The assistant gets treated like a, pe- or like a pawn or a gatekeeper. They talk down to. They're treated like crap. So when you can start to build a relationship with the people around them and honor them, guess what happens? You land the executive as well. It's just a great way to be as a human, treat all people with love and respect. But from a business strategy perspective, it's the reason I can invest $1,000 into a relationship and get $100,000 in value by taking care of the people around them. Paul got it. It wasn't a tactic for him. It was just the way he lived his life. But when you can start to honor the inner circle, the people around them, and focus your attention there, it's amazing how relationships blossom, and they start doing the selling for you. Third part of the system. Which, by the way, I'm going to cover four parts of the system. I'm going to open it up for Q&A. If you guys got questions, probably only five minutes worth of questions. And then, um, and then I'm going to wrap up with the fifth part of the system, just to keep things on time. Third part of the system. timing. Timing. So 15 years ago, I had the opportunity to speak. I almost canceled because I, uh, I, God works in funny ways. Um, mo- most of the time when I would speak, I would have like indigestion and diarrhea for like six months leading up to a speaking engagement. And so I hated speaking. I would do it once a year just as a favor for Cutco. And that was it because I hated it. And as God would have it, like, 10, 11 years ago, somebody prophesied on a golf course that didn't know me, and I didn't, never had a uh, prophecy happen. And he was like, you're going to speak on the biggest stages in the world. That's what God's telling me. And I laughed because I was like, I hate speaking. I don't never want to speak. Like, what are you talking about? And some crazy things have transpired over those 11 years. But 15 years ago, I'm speaking on this stage as a favor to Cutco, and it's this big ag conference. Purdue University hosted, like, John Deere and Monsanto and all these huge companies. And uh, afterwards, it went really well. One of them reached out and said, John, we're AgriGold. We're the seed corn company. We're doing like a quarter billion in sales, which sounds like a lot. But Pioneer and these other companies that we're competing against are the 800-pound gorillas. They're like doing like 20 billion. And we're competing against them. We have a better product. We have better whatever. But we can't even get these farmers to take us seriously because Pioneer has been working with their great-grandfather, and they, they pass it down generation to generation. And so... Maybe you've had that. We were like, man, I got this great product or service. If people would just take me seriously or take a meeting, things could be like we could actually help them. And so that's what they shared. They said, John, we just need these meetings to happen. And so I said, hey, tell me what you're doing gifting-wise. And uh, they're like, every December 15th, we send out this beautiful basket to all of our clients and all of our prospects. I'm like, a basket? They're like, yeah, a basket. I'm like, all right, we'll cover that later. But OK. Um, so, so December 15th. Yep, every year. For the last 20 years, that's what we've been doing. And I said, how's that working for you? And they're like, not real well. That's why we're talking to you. I said, okay. I said, tell me a time throughout the year when it would be meaningful to receive something that they wouldn't be expecting, um, that may, may not want to talk to you, but it'd be impactful to them as the farmer. And these are guys that are farming like five to 10,000 acres, not guys like me growing up on 50 acres. These are like legitimate, sizable businesses. And uh, they said, you know what, planting season is usually a really tough time for, for farmers. Sometimes they'll put in 48 hours in straight just to get the seed in the ground. That would be the time. And I'm like, great, that's the time that we're going to send gifts. 
And, uh, and I said, what do you want the theme, you know, tell me what, what you're thinking theme-wise. And they're like, um, well, we'd love to send Rolexes, but that doesn't really fit the farmer realm, like, very well. So, like, we're thinking ice cream. I'm like, okay, that's not the sexiest thing on the planet, but I can work with ice cream. So, I'm like, we need to hit them frequently. It can't be one gift. It needs to be at least three. And they're like, okay. And uh, we're building around ice cream. So, the first thing that we sent out was this stoneware bowl, and it was, like, $10 bowl. It was handmade. It was heavy. And it represented the foundation of the company. And they had their 80 sales reps pick their top 20 prospects. So it was about 1,600 people. And we sent out this bowl all across the Midwest. We waited a week. And then we went to, I said, hey, we need to do a scoop. We need to do an ice cream scoop. Just so happens, Cutco has an ice cream scoop. It's going to cost you 60 bucks. They're like, $60 for a scoop? We can order one from China for 60 cents. I said, that's very true. I said, um, tell me about these farmers. If somebody engages you uh, and starts planting seed with you, what's your net profit uh, on the low end? And they're like, I'm not sure, but probably 100 grand. And I said, if somebody starts farming with you or starts buying seed, how long will they stay with you? And they said, minimum five years. And I said, do you want to entrust a half million dollars in profit per relationship to a 60 cent ice cream scoop or a $60 ice cream scoop? I said, what's, you say you're world class, best in class, first class, what's congruent and represents the values that you're preaching to get this meeting, which one do you want to trust? And they said, nobody's ever asked us that before. I guess we're buying a $60 ice cream scoop, aren't we? And I said, you sure are. So 1,600 ice cream scoops went out across the Midwest. And then we went to Schwann's. Anybody familiar with Schwann's? Go hands. So nostalgic company, been around for like 120 years. Like I got a story, a lot of people have stories. I remember my grandma had like the drumsticks in the freezer. It was like the best thing ever going to grandma's house. And so we went to Schwann's, we got 1,600 gallons of ice cream and in, in a cooler and put a little DVD inside that said, hey, you know you don't want to sit down with us, but you've worked hard, you and your family deserve this, enjoy a bowl of ice cream, and if you get a chance, pop in this DVD, we, it talks about why we think we'd be a perfect partner for you. This went off all across the Midwest. A couple weeks later, the, the sales rep showed up to the farmer, and oftentimes they'd get like the Heisman, like they'd talk for maybe 30 seconds, and then they'd jump on the tractor, and they were gone for 12 hours. In this case, they were invited into the house. Guess who else was there? The wife, yep. They, instead of getting 20 seconds, they were sitting around the dinner table for an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. It paid off at such a huge level that they did the exact same program the following year to another 1,600 farmer. And the fun part is, is the girl that was on the marketing team um, ended up five years later becoming my wife. So I, I got a double win in that pro process. So um, yeah, pretty crazy. So oftentimes, people will, will, uh, will hear us speak or read the book or hear a podcast or whatever, and like, John, we've done the gifting thing for 20 years. It does nothing. We've done it. It doesn't work. And I'll ask them, tell me about the timing of when you're doing gifts. And they're like, well, that doesn't matter. We do gifts at Christmas. We do gifts after a referral. We do a gift after a deal is closed. And I said, well, imagine that ice cream story. And instead of doing it in May, we did it in December with the impact of Ben is Great. No, it had been 1 100th, all based upon the timing. In fact, the timing is just as important as what you're sending, to the point where people will reach out and say, John, I want to do referral gifts. And I'm like, are you in the transactional business or the relationship building business? And they're like, oh, we're all about relationship. And what's funny is almost any person I talk to, they could be making widgets, they could be offering insurance, um, cleaning services, financial advisor firms, doesn't matter. They're like, everybody says they're in the relationship building business. And I'm like, okay, cool. All about relationship, yep. Value or price? Oh, we're all about value. I said, uh, 
you're a financial advisor. Somebody gives you a million dollar referral, million dollars assets under management, and you send them a $250 Starbucks gift card. What did you just turn that referral into? Transaction. You get a million dollars, here's your $250. You turned it into a transactional relationship. And in their head, they're thinking, crap, I referred my million dollar friend who is a client. What a cheap SOB. He could have sent me more than a $250 Starbucks gift card. In your head, you're, they're thinking tit for tat. You're turning it into a transaction. All the gifting that we do is just because gifting. So when I send out the $250 gift, it's not a gift card, because that's one of the 10 worst gifts you could ever give. Um, if you guys want to download the 10 worst gifts to give, by the way, you go to thegiversedge.com. It's a free download. We'll also send the 10 best articles that we wrote for Forbes and Inc. and whatever else. Um, but gift cards are on there. But even a bad gift, given at the right timing, can make an impact. And here's why. In our culture, we've been, become accustomed to you do a deal, you get a gift. It's Christmas, we do, you know, it's Christmas time, we get a gift. All of those gifts are given out of obligation and expectation. And if you only give gifts, think about with your spouse. If you only give gifts to your wife or to your husband on anniversaries and birthdays, are you like winning husband or wife of the year? No, like Gary Vaynerchuk talked about, if you want to blow your wife away, pick a random day in the middle of July and show up with flowers. Because if you show up with flowers just on Valentine's Day and that's the only time that you do it, you're just basically keeping even. But if you show up just out of the blue with flowers, you're like, what's the occasion? I was just thinking of you. And when I write a handwritten note, which every gift that we send out has to have a handwritten note, I send the gifts to our top 250 relationships once a quarter just because. Hey, I was just thinking of you. Hey, I just appreciate who you are. Not asking referrals. There's no deal that was done. It's a just because. When something shows up, even a crappy gift just because, people are like, holy crap, I can't believe that person was thinking of me. And so out of our half a million dollar budget, and when clients hire us, they're like, John, we really want to do a gift for our event. And I'm like, have you done gifts in the past at the event? Oh, yeah, we do it every year. I'm like, instead of doing the cheap, crappy swag bag at the event, what if you started mailing a gift a month ahead of time, inviting them to the event? And instead of being a crappy gift with your logo on it, what if you personalize it to them and their spouse? The timing of the gift is just as important. Don't do gifts out of obligation, out of expectation, whether it's for your employees or for your clients. If you can do gifts just because, it flourishes. It impacts them 100 times over. That's how we can send the same knife set to 1,000 people across the country in one day, and every single person that receives it feels like they were the only person that received it because it wasn't tied to anything other than the relationship. Super powerful. Fourth part of the system. What's the most I can do versus the least I can get away with? If you're like me, and guys are the worst at this, but if you get invited to a wedding or to a kid's graduation, what's one of the first things that you think about? Do I have to go? And, and is, I haven't seen this nephew in like seven years. Is, is he worth $75 or $150? Like, what's the least I can get away with and not look like the cheap SOB uncle? Like, like Guys, in general, will say, what's the least I can get away with? Paul was the exact opposite. When he would go to a basketball game and afterwards he'd go to the pizza shop, he would see a bunch of people that he loved, and he would say, what's the most I can do here? And he'd pick up the tab for the entire restaurant and he'd duck out the back. He would, oh, it's, it's how he lived his life. That's with the noodles, like at charity events, like he just went all in. And it was so counterintuitive. 
And so I remember thinking, like, how can I apply this to my business? Like, I'm a, I started at 20 years old. I didn't have money for fancy brochures and websites and all these different things. And, and uh, Paul was great at taking a small detail, like a gift, and instead of doing, you know, $13 peanut brittle, he invested, you know, $200 in a knife or whatever. And uh, I'm like, how can I communicate that the details matter in relationship building? That, that how can I go all in on a detail and, and really have people be wowed? And so I didn't have the money for the, the fancy website. And I remember I was at a Rotary event. And... Uh, Everybody's passing out cards, and I go home with this stack of cards, and I look at them all, and I'm like, these are all the same. Maybe if like, somebody's a high-end financial advisor, they have a little bit of silver foil on it, so instead of it being two cents, it's five cents. I'm like, but really, they're all the same. And I'm like, I wonder what a dollar, like, a dollar business card would look like. I wonder if I invested a dollar, that would show something small could be really, really meaningful, and something little, a little detail could be really, really powerful. And I remember telling my buddies, like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to have dollar business cards. And they're like, John, are you insane? Like, you can barely afford the beer here. Like, what? Are you going to buy dollar business cards? Are you going to have a different card for the CEO than for the assistant? So you hand the CEO a dollar business card, and then you hand a five cent? I'm like, no, I'm going to hand out the same card to everybody. Like, dude, this is just dumb. And so I had this goal. I couldn't even find dollar business cards for a long time. And then I was watching, my, uh, I grew up in the 80s. Will Smith was like Mr. Cool, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like, you name it. Like, he, uh, he, bucket list item is to like be in a movie or like just be able to hang out with Will Smith. Like he's the epitome of cool. And so there's a movie uh, called Hitch. Show of hands if you've seen the movie Hitch. Okay. Oh, gosh, everybody. Okay. So you know he's the love doctor. He's Mr. Cool. Does anybody remember the business card in Hitch? A woman said yes. Yep. Okay. Anybody else remember? Yes. Yeah. Great attention to detail. Almost always it's a woman that says, yep, she remembers. Guys are like, what are you talking about? I don't remember a business card. Um, yep, it was a little black square. It was thick. It just had on silver writing, hitch, and then a cell number. And for me, it was like in slow motion, like a ray of light coming down from heaven onto this card. I'm like, <laughs> that's going to be my card. And so I had to order 100 of them. I got them made in aluminum, custom-made, powder-coated with black. And I remember a couple months later, I get invited to go to this luxury suite for our, our clients that are part of NASCAR. And at the time, I was always wearing a blazer and jeans. And I had this huge bulge in my pocket and, uh, of these cards. And I was so excited to pass out one of these cards. And uh, I'm in this suite for Scott's, the big lawn care company. And in walks the CEO of Lowe's, the entire organization, like $20 billion company. And uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Robert. And so I kind of like weasel my way over by the nachos. And uh, you know, hey, Robert, so nice to meet you. And I go into kind of like my pitch. Like we own a gifting agency. We do. We can outsource all your gifting. We use gratitude as this way to drive profits. And you know, my my elevator pitch. And you could tell like he's glazed over. He could give two rips about gifting, gratitude, generosity, or anything. Like he just wants to get the nachos and like go watch the race. Like he's just like, how to get me away from this gift guy? And so you can tell when you're losing somebody. And I'm like, oh, like I got to do something to engage this relationship differently. And so I'm like, all right, even if, you know, like the person's the biggest person in the world, you ask them for a business card, they're going to give you a business card. So I'm like, Robert, I'd love to stay in touch. Can I get a card? He said, sure. He pulls out a card, hands it to me. And, uh, and so I, I hand him my card. And I uh, grab the card, looks up at me, down at the card, up at me, down at the card. He's like, that's the coolest frickin' card I've ever seen. <laughs> Except he didn't say frickin'. He said, uh, what the hell do you do again? I've got this big, goofy grin, and I said the exact same thing. We own a gifting agency. We can outsource all your gifts. You buy from us. We ship them handwritten notes, da-da-da. We use gratitude, gifting as a generous, a competitive advantage. 
and he is hanging on every single word I say. He's like, yep, we do gifts. Yep, you need to talk to my assistant. Yep, we do that. Like, he was like thinking about all the different ways he could use our agency, all because I invested a dollar. And what's funny is I'll pass this around, and I have another uh, stack of them over there. Like, uh, I didn't just show up with two. But uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. Ran out. I only got two. Um, we upped it. We said, hey, what would a $3, like people started copying. I'm like, I'm at, what would a $3 business card look like? And it's funny, the amount of people, like when you spoke at Google, they were like, gosh, like, oh, we could never spend $3 on a business card. And I'm like, really? So you guys got slides, like whatever else I said. Uh, show of hands, you know, I'll ask you guys the same question. If you've spent $3 in the last month on a cup of coffee, show of hands. Did any of you have to talk to your wife or talk to your accountant before you made that investment? Anybody? No. A $3 cup of coffee, not a big deal. $3 for a card, people are freaking out. Still the same three bucks. And so what's funny is we've actually saved money by having $3 business cards because most people in the gifting world, I, we don't really call them gifts, we call them artifacts, but people that put us in the promo and swag world, they'll spend $15, $20, $30 on a brochure to pass out. And what happens to that brochure 99% of the time as soon as the person leaves the office? Trash, toilet paper, whatever, it's gone. I spend $3 on my card, and what's funny is I've been doing this now for 10 years. And I'll email somebody from seven years ago, and I'll put metal business card in the subject line, and people remember where they were, who I was, the response rate is like 80%. Like, it's crazy, because we invested $3 in a card. And so instead of spending $20 on a brochure that use, gets used as toilet paper an hour later, I, I saved $17 by going all in on a detail that, that most people think doesn't matter. So gifting, that's the reason. If everybody was a great gift giver, and everybody gave you know, $200, $500 gifts and was amazing at it, it would just be marketing noise. But because most people spend $20 on gift cards versus going all in on a gift, it stands out. Metal business cards are that way. We looked around and said, what are the other things that we could do that would stand out? And so I'm like, how often do people get handwritten notes? Not very often. All right, how can we take that up? Not one or 2%, but 10,000% higher. Our letterhead is a sheet of steel. Costs nine bucks. I send out thousands of them a year. People have framed it, they put it on their desk. I'm like, it's nine bucks. But in their head, they freak out. And it's really just the concept of, Seth Godin talked about, wrote it about in Purple Cow. Anybody read the book Purple Cow? Seth's amazing, brilliant. You know, the story is, if you're driving down the road and you saw a bunch of brown cows, you're gonna keep driving. It's like noise, you don't even see it. But if there was a purple cow in the field, all of a sudden people are like going, you know, weaving over and pulling off and taking pictures with the purple cow. It's still a frickin' cow. But because it's purple, all of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh. And so I, my challenge is not just with gifting, look at all parts of your business and say, what does everybody in my industry do? The standard. Is it a brochure, is it a dinner, is it a sponsorship at a trade show, what is it? And what we do is we say, if I can't take it up 10,000% higher, I'm gonna take those dollars, marketing, biz dev, whatever dollars, and redirect them to an area where I can go all in on. And sometimes it actually saves us money. Like the, the $3 business card means I don't have to have a $20 brochure. And so it's not about spending more money or being stupid. It's about looking where everybody is zigging and zagging. And in your business, it could be like, oh my gosh, we have to do this trade show. Like I remember talking to a company, I won't say their name, and they're like, yeah, we have to be at this trade show. And it was $5 million that they invested every year for that trade show. And they could not prove to me that it actually produced any additional profit. 
It was just to have a pissing match with their other competitors, and they felt like they had to be there. They had to be in that trade publication. They had to be, and so in my opinion, as an entrepreneur, I need to be able to invest a dollar and get $10 back out. And the only way that you can do that when it comes to marketing is to do things that other people are not willing to do. They, the amount of people that say, John, you're insane, you're crazy, or whatever, I'm like, awesome. If I'm not crazy, then I'm not doing something that's different enough that's gonna stand out and be different. I need to be the purple cow if I'm gonna compete against companies that are the 800 pound gorilla. We have billion dollar companies reaching out wanting to collaborate with us because we don't play their game. We're publishing books. They're worried about like trade shows and whatever else. Like we're doing everything the opposite of what is normal in our industry. And because of that, we're standing out and we become the purple cow that billion dollar companies wanna collaborate with. Side note, I'm not a billion dollar company but I'm playing like one because I'm willing to be the purple cow. So I challenge you, look at all the different parts of your business and say, where can I go all in on details? Not just with gifts, is it business cards? Is it letterhead, is it brochures? Is it a trade show we could cut out? Is it a sponsorship? That mindset of going, what's the most I can do versus what's the least I can get away with and be a sheep just like everybody else is a simple but powerful question. Before I wrap up with the fifth part of the system, I'm gonna open it up for five minutes of Q&A and if there's no questions, I'll go right back into uh, to wrapping things up. Yeah, fire away. The purple hair sounds like a really efficient way to stand out for sure. Um, low cost, very memorable. So what I, what I would say is oftentimes people um, it's like kids that want to want their starter home, they want it to be the, the home that their parents bought after they worked for 40 years to buy a home. And so I would say is that in business, oftentimes people want to start with the marketing budget of a company that's been doing a certain thing a certain way for 30 years. And so I would say that it'd be best, whatever the company, I mean, I have speakers and entrepreneurs and financial advisors and sales reps say, I don't have a gifting budget. And I say, okay you should be reinvesting five to 15% of your net profits back into your relationships as an investment to keep them, to grow them, and to turn them over time into your own personal sales force. So you may not have a marketing budget, you may not have a gifting budget, but if you do have a business at all, or even as a sales rep, people are like, well, my company won't pay for it. And I'm like, do you make a commission off your sales? They're like, well, absolutely. And I said, well, reinvest 10 to 15% of your net profits from your commissions back into your relationships, because whether you stay at that company or leave the company, what is the one thing that you own? You own the relationship no matter where you work. Whether you're an entrepreneur, sales rep, people will give me excuses all day long about, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'd be great if I was the boss. And I'm like, you are the boss. If you are in the relationship building business, it's not about the marketing dollars that you have. And so what I'd say is, similar to Cameron, I would rather have one Cameron than a million followers. Here's why. Cameron is actively loyal. I'll take an active loyalist who will stick out their neck and sell for me over a million people that know my name. I don't care if somebody knows my name. I care if the right handful of people know my name and are willing to go and sell and be actively loyal. Most people have what I call passively loyal relationships. They'll stick around as a client or as an employee as long as you pay a paycheck or as long as your prices are low enough. I'll take 10 actively loyal clients than 100 passively loyal. Because I get not only their business, the ones that are actively loyal, now I have 10 sales reps out there. And so people will say, John, how many sales reps do you have? And I'm like, I have a few thousand. It's like, how do you afford a few thousand? I'm like, well, I take my $500,000 and 
and that started as $500 a month, by the way, when I was in college. And over time, I've been able to get the Alex Martins of, of the Orlando Magic as my own personal sales rep. And people are like, well, how'd you do that? And I'm like, I invested $5,000 over five years in that relationship. And I didn't ask for anything in return. And what's interesting is if you can do that and be strategic, early on I wasn't strategic, I just did it with everybody. I was trying to convert everybody to be a giver. But you start investing in to the Tom Hills of the world and give to them, and they, it, it comes back a hundredfold. Because internally, God's wired us, whether you're a person of faith or not, we want to reciprocate as a human being. And if you're a giver, you definitely want to reciprocate. Like, and so you pour into people without asking for anything in return. It's amazing how relationships start to flourish over time. But most people say they're playing the long game because it's cool and sexy because Vaynerchuk and all these guys talk about it. But their long game is three months. I'm like, if you're not willing to commit to this for three years, then you're not really playing the long game. You're trying to manipulate people and you're trying to shortcut the system. And, and so people are like, man, you came out of nowhere. And I'm like, I've been doing this for, Nick can tell you, I've been doing it for 19 years. And I just now start to feel like, holy crap, things are, the tipping points are taking place. And so what I'd say is if you don't have a marketing budget, Use the net profits of your business, even if you, you know, somebody that's making $50,000 a year has profits that they can reinvest back into their relationships. And the more that you do that, guess what? The business grows and creates more opportunity. And so it's not about having a million dollars to invest. I, and, and, and so some people will come to us and say, John, we want you to do all our gifting for us. And I'm like, you know what? You're not ready for us yet. You don't have, you know, five or 10 grand. That's okay. Go all in on the, the two mentors and advisors or clients that you have and invest everything that you possibly can into those people and get them to be your sales reps that way. Um, does that answer the question? Cool. Yes? Um, I, I don't... I don't there's been a lot of fun, interesting things that have been done in 19 years by clients and friends and people trying to get our attention. Um, one of my favorites that I, I actually partnered with the guy long term to do, um, I used to make fun of mugs as being the worst gift on the planet. People would say like, what's the worst gift you've ever seen in corporate America? And I'm like, people think they're being cute because they, they put Hershey Kisses or M&Ms inside. I'm like, still, it's still a stupid coffee mug. You can only drink out of one coffee mug. Everybody has coffee mugs coming out of their ears. Like, go, go to Goodwill and see how many you know, how good a gift it is. And, um, and so uh, this person reached out blindly and said, John, I, I want to help you bless your wife. We answer these questions. I'm a gift maker, and I've read your book 10 times. I've listened to 90 of your interviews. I, wanna, I just want to give you something. And uh, I'm like, man, this guy's using my playbook against me, but I'll play. So, so I, said, I answered the questions, and he said, hey, the gift's done. I want to deliver it to you in person. I'm like, haha, you want space time. All right, I'll play. So I said it as a public place, my favorite restaurant, just in case he's a stalker. And, um, and uh, I show up early, and then walks this kid. It looked like he was 16. He was 24 at the time. And he's carrying this Tupperware container. And, it, and it's, I can't see through it. And there, it looks like there's like scratches or claw marks on it. I'm starting to get wigged out a little bit. I'm like, is there an animal or a snake inside? Like, what the? Like, what is this? And uh, come to find out, like, you know, he just got married, kid on the way. His wife's still senior in college. Um, yeah, works at Chick-fil-A, just salt of the earth guy, and he proceeds to pull out um, this mug, this thousand dollar mug, and carve into it was my wife's whole life story. of Her growing up on the farm with her dad who passed away of cancer, and all these things are carved into her why, her legacy, her core values, her family, and I'm like instantly tearing up. I'm like, oh my gosh, pulls out another one. It's my whole life story. 
and he pulls out like this two, three thousand dollar jar based thing, and it's our whole life story together. And then he pulls out another one, and it's every Bible verse in the Old and New Testament that talks about giving, generosity, or gifting, handwritten into this piece. It's like seven thousand dollars. He just hands to me. I'm like, mess. I'm like, dude, who are you? He's like, you know, where'd you come from? Are you in town for a show? He's like, no, I just showed up just to give these to you. It's like, oh my gosh. And I said, uh, where are you from again? He's like, I'm from Georgia. Uh, and I said, uh, did you fly? He's like, no, I drove. I said, how long a drive is that? He said, nine and a half hours. I'm like, you drove nine and a half hours to hand deliver this to me. I said, yep. I said, dude, you're, you're crazy. So I, I go home. I'm like three hours late for dinner. I'm, I'm like, Lindsay, there's a story. She's like, there's always a story. What's the story? <laughs> you know? So I pull these pieces out and show it to her. And uh, she's crying. She's like, this is the nicest thing anybody's ever sent us. And people have sent us some pretty crazy things. And uh, she's like, where's this guy at? I'm like, I'm trying to get him a hotel. Like, he, I don't want him driving through the night back home. And uh, she's like, uh, was, he, was he nuts? Is he crazy? And uh, I'm like, he's crazy like I'm crazy. And uh, she's like, well, he has to stay with us. I'm like, Lindsay, you don't let anybody stay at our house. I got three daughters. I have a fourth on the way. Like, nobody stays at our house because she's just super protective, and I'm the outward person. She's the more. So he comes over. We talk till like, 1 in the morning. And so we've started using what these are called artifact mugs. We just had somebody order one and hand deliver it to Richard Branson. I've seen billionaires cry with these things. I mean, um, so... Yeah, that's the way, like, to me, like, that's the best purple cow, where somebody took something that most people would think, who cares about a mug? And based upon the thought that goes into it and the elements of it, and so I, I send out, like, five of these a week now. Um, I just can't, I mean, I've given them to people in my wedding and mentors, advisors. And I've had people come back and say, John, I, this is more valuable to me than a $50,000 watch. I'll use this thing every day and every time. It reminds me of who I am. It reminds me of our relationship. Um, so that, to me is a way that you can take and apply the principles and take something that most people would think is insignificant um, and go all in on it. And what's funny is he won't do art shows. He, you can't order one for yourself. He will only make it if it's a gift to give to somebody else. He feels like God's called him to be a gift maker, and you can't order yourself one. It has to be given to you. So that's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, orange hair, probably r right behind that. <laughs> Yeah, yes. Yeah, so there's a process. So we, have, we walk all of our clients through a, like a four-call process that talks about why they're sending the gifts and what's the intention and who and how much to budget. And like it's, it's a, a very elaborate. Most people want to start with what to gift. Like, what should I give as a gift? I'm like, that's only 50%, and that's the last step. Why you're sending the gift and who you're sending it to and who are they and who's their spouse and who's their assistant. All, there's 100 other decisions before you get to the what. The what is just the delivery vehicle. The what matters. You don't want to send crappy stuff from China or polos with your logo on it. Like, that's not a gift. That's promotional. There's also the other end of the spectrum, which is, hey, I want to send a $25,000 watch or a $50,000 Louis Vuitton bag or a bass boat or a truck or a, you know. In my opinion, unless it's your employee, oftentimes those are bribes. Like, people are like, hey, we want to hire you to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, you know, we, we can't hire us to do strippers or blow or, like, 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 that's just, like, we don't do that. That's not, like, and so the sweet spot of what we feel like an artifact is, is it's meant to be thoughtful. It's a tangible, thoughtful artifact. It's not meant to be a bribe. It's also not meant to be a trinket. Most people play on one of those ends of the spectrum. There's a tension. And that tension is, is whatever you'd spend to take somebody out to a nice dinner out with wine, 
ball game tickets, really good ball game tickets, or, um, or a nice round of golf at an amazing world-class golf course. 80% of the gifts I do fall between $200 and $2,000. So for some people, that's like, oh my gosh, I could never imagine spending $200, let alone $2,000. Other people are like, man, I picked up a bar tab for 50 people at a conference, and it was $4,000, like, and nobody remembered the next day that it was even picked up. And so oftentimes it's a matter, like the tension of what we do 90% of the time is in that sweet spot. It's not trinkets for $14.13. It's not Louis Vuitton bags for 20 grand. Uh, the goal is to be a thoughtful artifact. And so if you can, and most dinners, if you think about it, most dinners out, we're taking a big group of people or a nice golf course, you're, you're spending 100 to $500 per person to do something like that and it's a consumable experience. Nothing wrong with it, uh, people say, what's better, an experience or an item? And I'm like, well, most experiences are lame. They're not once in a lifetime. And most gifts are trinkets that most people are going to re-gift to goodwill. The ideal thing is to do a once in a lifetime event experience. Like if I, if I host a dinner, I'm trying to bring in like the, the first master psalm, who's a buddy of mine, um, to come in and to talk. And there's only like 220 psalms in the entire world, and he's the first ever in the U.S., and he'll come and teach about food and wine. So it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, but then I'm also going to put some sort of artifact with that event, pre or post, so that every time they use the item, they're reminded subconsciously of that relationship and of the event that took place. So it's not one or the other, but in, our, in Western society, we don't need more stuff. We don't even need more experiences. Like We're, we're almost overloaded, and the reason that the dinner and the ballgame didn't work for Cameron was if it had been the first dinner and ball game he was ever asked to go to, it would have been amazing. But because he did 100 of them that year, it just becomes noise. And so the question is, is how can we do less things and dial in and do one thing really well? Instead of having 10 dinners, do one dinner and invite the, the 10 right people or the 50 of the right people. Instead of doing 500 gifts, what if we went all in and spent that same amount on 50 people? And so it's not spending more money but it's having more memories and more, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be top of mind and be, you know, like referable. And part of that is being memorable. And most people play vanilla because they don't want to look weird. They're afraid of pushing the envelope too far. And there's been times where we push the envelope too far. But if you're not willing to sometimes push it too far and do something a little bit wacky or different, then you're going to be vanilla. And people are like, ah, I got this great thing. It's like, well, if nobody knows who you are or nobody will take your phone call, it doesn't matter. And so, but I would say there is a sweet spot, for sure. We are, oh, oh, got it. Shoot. Um, questions are good, too. I got to wrap up. Um, I'm going to be signing books, and I'm happy to answer questions as long as I can afterwards. Uh, I didn't realize Brian had walked up, which means I got maybe five minutes. As long as you, by the way, if you need to leave at 1130, leave at 1130. We promise to always end on time. So, so here's what I'll say. Um, I, I don't have time to, to, to wrap up the way that I'd like to because I want to honor and respect the fact that you guys have had 88 meetings, which is crazy. Eight years, Brian, like, I'm just awesome. The story I normally wrap up with, um, in the, the abbreviated version, it's in the book. Um, you can go, it's on Kindle free so you can read it. The long and the short of it is I almost died during my engagement story to my wife because I was trying to make up for um, the first couple years of our dating relationship. I almost went bankrupt. And I decided to recreate the movie The Notebook as a way to make up for and show her that 
any gift I'd ever do in the history of, of me would be dwarfed by this engagement story. And I had a film crew. I looked like I was 95 years old, like The Notebook. I had arranged with Continental to be sitting next to her. I had this whole movie production. And unfortunately, um, I ended up collapsing and almost dying. I got shocked with the paddles, the whole nine yards. My, the whole thing kind of blew up. And I almost died. And what's interesting about that is I thought I was doing this amazing thing for her. And really what I was doing was making the gift about myself. She just wanted to start a life together. I wanted this big show that was going to end up on Oprah. And in gifting, in almost all of our relationships, we make the gift about ourselves. If we like steak, we take people out for steak dinners. If we like golf, we take them golfing. If we give a gift, it's in our company colors. A gift by its very nature is all about the recipient. And most gift giving in business and even personally, we make it about ourselves. When you can start to put yourself in the other person's shoes and go all in on them versus all in on yourself, relationships flourish. I'll wrap up with two things. One is, this can be overwhelming sometimes for people, and like, where do I start? First thing is, is gratitude every day. Write down three people that you're grateful for that have poured into you over the, you know, the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Who do you need to, to show gratitude to? Do that for 30 days, you have almost 100 people. Most people, when they start that process, they're like, oh my gosh, I have a lot of people I need to say thank you to. The second thing is, if you want the entire process that we take our clients through for free, if you go for the next 30 days, we just, off, we just launched it literally yesterday. It's the first time I've ever mentioned it. It's called giftologyplan.com. You can download the workbook for free. No cost. It's 19 years worth of effort to put into what our plan is. If you want help walking through your plan, I don't care what gifts you're gonna send. Do you need, you know, the plan itself, are, we charge $1,600 for four calls to do that. If you want help with that, you can put LPS on the back of a business card and give it to me, and I'll set you up with my team, and we'll walk through the plan, and you can go execute the plan on your own. $1,600 is a lot for some people. For others, it's like you know, a rounding error, but $1,600. What I'll offer as a way to honor Brian and honor the relationship is anybody that ends up signing up at this event, like I said, we just launched it yesterday, I'll comp one of the $1,000 mugs for you to give to a spouse, to a loved one, to a best client, whoever. So really, your net cost is 600 bucks. And it's not something that we've ever done before. Feel no pressure to get the $1,600 or to get the mug. I, I, we're, we're fine. We don't, like, business is great. But if you decide that you want help putting together a loyalty action plan, happy to do that and happy to get the first mug comp. But regardless, go download, because literally it's going to be password or email protected in 30 days as soon as we figure out what the back end is going to be. But for right now, it's free. There's no strings attached. You don't have to enter a cell phone or an email or anything giftologyplan.com. It's free. Take it and use it. And if you need help, reach out afterwards and months ahead, and we're happy to, uh, to help you walk through that. Um, but there is a fee to that. So with that, I'll say thank you, and uh, we'll be up here, and Brian can wrap up. Thank you, guys. Well, there you have it. Another Mastermind Project podcast. We want to thank you for being here and investing in yourself. Uh, that's the key to growth because we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So thank you for investing in yourself. We hope that you found something here useful. As a matter of fact, it's our desire that you've heard something from this podcast that would make a difference if you implemented in your business. And we know that success favors the speed of implementation. Take a note, take action on something that you've learned here. It'll make a difference. We'd love to hear about it. So, and you can also join us and tell us a little bit about it at our next live event. And you can register for that at www.brian, 
www.briankmccray.com www.briankmccray.com. We've got our mastermind event schedule there and you can join us virtually uh, at our next event on the third Thursday of the month. So for this time and until next time, study things that matter, practice things that matter and teach things that matter to people who care. Appreciate you.